Join me, if you will, in the book of Matthew, chapter 5. And I think our children's church are going to be staying with us this morning. We will be sharing, Lord willing, in the uh, communion table just in a few minutes. I want to pick up where we kind of left off last Sunday. We were, uh, last Sunday we uh, mentioned that God had a plan for each of our lives. And not only a plan, but, he, but he's got a job for us. And he kind of lays that job description out right after, uh, right at the beginning of this, of this sermon that he's preaching uh, up, up on the mountain to his disciples, to his followers, really. And uh, he, he shared, we looked at, the, at the, uh, what has become known as the Beatitudes. And it's really a, uh, it's really a, a, a study in, in qual, uh, character qualities. Uh, of believers and, and so they help us to, to have the mind of Christ, to think like he's thinking. And it, and it cues us in. And I, I mentioned last week that I think it's by design and, and surely nothing Jesus does is, is, by, is by accident, but it's by design that he's, that he's waited now uh, after he shared those, uh, those attitudes to, to get to verse 13, 14, 15, and 16. So what I'd like for us to do is to read 13, 14, 15, 16 again. And I want to talk to you about that job description of being salt and light. That's who we are. And I want us to take a look at, at what that means. Would you, uh, would you stand with me and let's, uh, let's read 13, Matthew 5, 13, 14, 15, and 16 together. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Now, Father, we would ask your Holy Spirit to come and be our, our preacher, to be the teacher this morning. Give us receptive hearts, obedience, uh, Lord, help us to, to yearn to obey quickly that which you speak to us through your words, that you would be able to accomplish and do everything in us and through us that you design. In Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. We are the salt of the earth. Now, salt is, uh, was, was so valuable in Jesus', in Jesus day. And I want to take a look and try to, try to see what's he talking about. We think about it and, and uh, uh, it was so valuable that the, some of the Roman soldiers were, were paid in salt. And that's where we get our, our sayings that they're not worth their salt. If they weren't, didn't do the job, didn't do a good job, then uh, they, they were said not to be worth their salt. It, we, a lot of expressions that come from, from this, uh, this part of, of Scripture, I and mean, even from this area, people talk about being salt of the earth. It means they're, 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 they're really good people. You know, we, we see them. But what, what was it that Jesus was zeroing in on? As I looked at this, there was a lot of uses of salt. Still are a lot of uses. But, but I ran across one, had one commentary, had at least 11 different uses, very common uses of salt in Jesus' day. One of them, as we're very familiar with, is preservative, right? I can remember, some of y'all may remember salting down hams. I remember 
having a smokehouse and going out and um, rubbing the, that midland meat and uh, bacon off of and rubbing the hams down and, and we'd turn that stuff and, uh, and it would preserved it. And uh, boy, I still, I, it's too early in the morning to get talking about food, but, but it was salt as a preservative and as such. Uh, I've, I've spoken here before and uh, other people, I've heard other people preach about as Christians that we're to have a, uh, that kind of effect on our society, that we're to be, uh, you know, that we're, we're to, to, to retard the spoilage, that we're to hold back that, uh, that uh, invasion of culture, invasion of, 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 uh, of Christianity or Christ-like uh, teachings, and that we're to, we're to be, we're to be uh, retard that. And I think that's a very valid use of salt, I think, uh, and, and I love the message. But as we look at this, I'm convinced that Jesus probably had a different use of us for our job description in mind. And I think the, t- the text explains that. He says, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its saltiness. And one of the most common uses that we use salt for today, or that I use it probably every day, and you do too, is what? Seasoning. We put it on our food. We put it on our food. Now, and salt uh, is to, if it's used in the right amount, okay, it's not to draw attention to itself, but it enhances the flavor of what it's put on. And you can overdo anything. I, I, I know Barbie accused me. She said, just grab the salt shaker and you go to salt and whatever I've done, you need to taste it first. I've gotten in trouble a time or two like that. But it, it, is a, uh, it, it enhances the flavor of it. Of, of whatever it is. I'm thinking of a, there's a, there's a verse, uh, is it in Job? Where's that verse I've got, Brandon? I got a verse in Job there, Job 6. I think about this. It says, don't people complain about unsalted food? Does anyone want the tasteless white of an egg? Now, I'll just tell you, I, I, I love scripture. And every time I read this, I think about Barbie's daughter, Paige. That's kind of weird. Uh, because we would, she, she loves boiled eggs for breakfast, but she only eats the, the white. She'll, she'll peel that egg and she'll cut the egg open, take the yala out, and then she'll eat the white. I, this is Barbie's daughter. She, uh, uh, but but, uh, but I think, when I think about eggs and I, I think about growing up with, uh, with uh, Easter and boil those boiled eggs and, and we would eat boiled eggs for a week and everybody around you know we'd eaten boiled eggs for a week. But, but I, 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 I just, I, I, it's hard for me to eat a boiled egg without salt on it. And it's really good if I've got salt and pepper both, okay? So this, this enhances the flavor of that. And I, and I think Jesus' disciples understood that. And I think what he was saying to them and what he's saying to you and me that as believers, our lives are supposed to, supposed to create a, maybe enhance the flavor, make, make uh, the gospel, make Jesus Christ more appealing to the people who see our lives and who we're in contact with. I'm reminded of the story of a, of a young salesman. And uh, he had worked and worked and worked on this sales and he had just lost uh, a big sale that hadn't, hadn't followed through. And he was really kind of discouraged. And he, uh, he went to his, his, his supervisor and he told him that. He, and he said, uh, he, he said, I guess I just, I just blew it. He said, I guess that just goes to show you that you can, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. 
And his, uh, the wise supervisor said to him, son, he said, I'm going to give you some advice and you'd, you'd do good to listen to me. Your job is not to make him drink. He said, your job is just to make him thirsty. And I thought about that. And I thought, wow, as Christians, if, 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 we, if, if we could grab a hold of what Jesus is laying out here, that, that we, aren't, we aren't, you know, I mean, the work of the Holy Spirit is to, is to draw people to Christ, right? That's part of the work of the Holy Spirit. But if, if what Jesus is saying to you and me, if he's saying to us that our lives are supposed to be lived out wherever we are, in whatever environment we're in, so that people see us and we make them, we make them thirsty for, what, for Jesus that's in us. We're to give them a taste of what Christ is really like. A taste of his love, a taste of his mercy, a taste of his grace, so that they they look and they and they say, Man, I sure would like a drink of that. I'd like to I'd like to drink the water they're drinking. And Jesus says, You're the salt of the world. We're supposed to, to be that seasoning. And and he goes on in that and why I really believe that, because he says, Where is if, if it loses its taste tastiness, he says it's um, it's not good for anything. There's a verse, couple of verses in Colossians that I want us to look at. I think it's Colossians 4, 5, and 6. It says, walk in wisdom toward those without. That means to the, un, to the unsaved, the unbelieving. Redeeming the time. That means being wise, making the best use of time we can. Look at this. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer a man. Now, he's talking about our words. Our words are to be like seasoning. Our words and our works, he's going to tell us, he's just telling us right, right on the hills this. But our words and our works, what we say, what we do, is to create a, a, a taste and a glimpse, provide a taste and a glimpse of who Jesus is. Now, in Jesus' day, uh, the salt was a little bit different than, than our salt and the fact that especially the dead, dead sea salt, the salt around that area, as they, as they harvested it, there was, there, was a, there was a lot of impurities in there. And so it was, it was a lot more easily uh, for salt to lose the flavor. And if salt lost, the, the flavor lost its saltiness, they would literally do what Jesus said. It was used to they would throw it down if they had a, a, a trail or a road that they wanted to, uh, to harden up, okay? Uh, and asphalt it, they would take salt that lost, had lost its saltiness and they would throw it down and they would walk on it. And what that did is it had a hardening effect. It mixed in with the, with the dirt and it, it formed a hard path or a hard road. A lot of the, the roads that the Roman uh, soldiers walked upon. Well, when the salt would lose its, its flavor, they would, they would throw it down. And it, it made, made a, a good, hard, firm trail. Jesus said, we're to be salt. But if we've lost that salt in us, now, we're good for nothing. What, what does that mean? If, if, we've, if we're not being Christ-like, if we've stopped living out these beatitudes, then we're just good to be cast down. And for other people... Maybe to walk on to get 
to Jesus. Well, look at this. We're to be salt. But not only that, we're to be light. Verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Now, I thought about that. And I thought about it just when Jeff mentioned the, the FLC and, and, and Canalic Bible Camp. Uh, cities were, were built. It was, it was very normal to build a city on a hill in Jesus' day. And then there's a lot of reasons for that. There's a lot of practical reasons. Uh, most of the time they did things because it made, it made good sense. They just didn't do it, but there was reasons behind it. But there was good reasons behind building the, 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 the towns on hills. One, they were usually cooler. This was a hot area, no air conditioning. And uh, usually the hills caught the breeze. The hills caught the breeze. And in the night they would be cooler because the hot air would, would then would, would, would settle down in, in the valleys. So it was cooler. Also, the hills provided a better vantage point if the city was attacked. Always wanted to defend the higher ground. So they were a lot more easily defended if they were on a hill. But there is another reason also. And a lot of the, a lot of the buildings were, were whitewashed with kind of the limestone in the area. And, and they, were, they were bright they were for cooler and for other reasons. But uh, they would kind of, of a night, as I read and looked at this, of a night, it was almost like they absorbed a little bit of that sunshine and, and they could be seen for a distance, especially if there was any light at all, uh, uh, the moon shining or anything else, that people could see the city from a long ways off. And it, so it was used to guide people. They could see and they, they, they knew, knew where to go then. They could go to the city. So Jesus says that not only are we to give people a, a taste, that we're to be seasoning, that we're to flavor uh, our, our, our culture, that we are to flavor where we live, we're to, we're to be that kind of, of witness for him. But he says we're like, a, we're like this, this uh, city that's set on a hill. And he goes now, he transitions from the glow of a city to illuminating a house in verse 15. He says, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light unto all that are in the house. Now, the most common house in Jesus' day, the most common house was just a, was a one-room structure. And so what Jesus is saying is, is in that dark, you light a candle and different kinds of candles they had. But you light a candle and it illuminates, it provides light to everybody that's in there. So as we think about this, he goes on and he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Now, a little bit of discussion there is about what, what, what is Jesus saying? If we look at it just, and just take it for what he said, literally, I believe, is that he's saying to us, our good works are not necessarily our light. The light's who we are. That's the Holy Spirit of God. That's Jesus living in us. Salt is who we are. But the light in us is to reveal the good works that we do. In other words, James would, James would say, yeah, amen, real loud on that. James would say, yeah, it's because of who you are that you do what you do. And what you do reflects who you are. 
Because you're doing what you do because you love him. Not to make him love him, but because you've already tasted and experienced the love of Christ. And when you've tasted and experienced the love of Christ, you, you respond to that love. Scripture says we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. He, Jesus shows us what love is. And so when we've experienced that love, when we've tasted that love, and as we allow that love to impact, to influence, to uh, uh, help determine how we think and how we live, the words we say and the works we do are the things we do. Jesus says, and in doing that, that light shows up what you do. And it's not to show up what we do in some, in some way so that people will look and say, well, Pastor Bill, boy, he is pretty awesome. Look at him. Or you're not looking back and say, Mike, say, boy, Mike's a big old guy. And just look what he's done. Look what he says in verse 16. He says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. But what is the result of that? Huh? Exactly. And glorify who? Us? No. Our Father, which is in heaven. You know, you eat a real good steak. Boy, I'm hung up on food this morning. You eat a real good steak, or, or a real good yes, yesterday at the memorial service, Fred Hayek. And boy, uh, uh, again, Jeff was bragging on, on, on all y'all at camp. And I, I, listen, it's just, it's awesome to worship the Lord together with such a family of God. And uh, the people that had went out and, and, and helped with uh, the, the fellowship meal. And there was a lot of people went out there for the fellowship meal. And uh, I just happened to be sitting at a table next to, to Bob Ayers and between Bob and Craig. And, and uh, we were sitting there eating and, and Bob said, uh, Mildred, pass the salt. Remember that, Bob? And uh, so she handed him salt over there. And I thought, I didn't even realize there's any salt on the table. And I had just a, just a little bit of fried chicken left. And that chicken had sacrificed everything to be on my plate. I knew that. Didn't want to waste that. And Bob, Bob just kind of scooted the salt over me on, to, to me. And I, 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 I seasoned that chicken just a tattic. Okay. And, and you know what? And I thought, man, that is so good. Good salt. Don't draw flavor. You don't, you don't taste it and say, boy, that's good salt on this. You say, boy, this is good chicken. You don't say, boy, this is good salt on this steak. You say, man, man, this is some good steak. Now, I grew up eating salt on watermelon. Any, any of y'all still do that? Yeah, I, I, Barbie's, I, she, I don't, she's training me, just training me now. I just, I just, I, I'm, I just eat the whole watermelon. But, but I can remember that salt would season. And I, I've never heard anybody that say, go get salt shaker, son. And we never ate that and said, man, this is a good salt. We'd say, this is good melon, right? See, that's what, when they see, when the world... And verse 16 makes it very plain. As Colossians says, live our lives toward them that are without. Jesus says, let your light shine before who? Before men. The people we work with. The people we live with. The people we worship with. The people we run into at Walmart. The people we run into at the, at the service station. The people we buy gas from. The people that, that we just have, a, a, you know, a chance encounter with that they we live our lives before them and so that they see something or they taste something they get a glimpse or they get a taste of Christ likeness 
and they glorify our Father which is in heaven. That's our job description, guys. Now, uh, you know, he can, and maybe in yours, he can, Jesus and, and our Father in heaven, God can, can take and they can, uh, they may, they may, you may get a little bit more detail down through there. But, uh, but, but this is pretty much those, those bold, bold statements that's on every job description, whether he refines it and you're serving him uh, in a school as a teacher or as a, as a maintenance uh, person or as a homemaker or as a retired person that's volunteering in, in different areas. Some of those things, they may change. Those things, our, 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 you know, our location can change. But remember, the job description ultimately is going to boil down to this. Letting the world around us get a taste and a glimpse of who Jesus is so that they will want him. That's all we got to do. That's all we got to do. You know, and we do it best, I believe, as we keep in mind these things that he's talked to us about. An attitude of, of humility. Uh, understanding our need of a Savior. Blessed are the mourn. Blessed are the, are the poor in spirit. The meek. Uh, hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Being merciful. Pure, a pure attitude. Pure in heart. Peacemakers. As we walk that out of who he is in our lives and the world looks and says, man. And we I mean, never, it's not about, again, it's not about them. And I think this was said yesterday in the memorial service. <clears throat> it's not about them coming and patting us on the back or giving us an attaboy. But it's about them glorifying our father and seeing him. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for loving us. Thank you, Father, that, that you take what can get complicated, why are we here? I mean, big philosophical questions. Why are we here? And you, and you boil that down for us, that we're to bring you glory. And we're to do that by just being who we are, salt and light. Help us, Father, that we would give people a taste and a glimpse of you, that they would desire you. Now, Father, it's my prayer there, if there are those here this morning that, uh, that have been frustrated and maybe they've just thought, well, I'm no good, I, I, I'm no use. And maybe it's kind of like the, the guy last week, they, they didn't see the worth or the value that they have to you. But this morning, they're seeing that afresh and, and, and anew, that you've got a plan and you want to use them wherever they are and because of who they are. Because of who you are in them. I pray, Father, that right now, that they would be encouraged. I pray that they would, uh, that this would be a time for them to say, God, forgive me for, for giving up on, on myself when you've not given up on me. Help me, Father, to allow you to be salt and light in me and through me. Because that's who you say I am. And Father, also I'd love to, to, to pray for that person here that may be here this morning that, uh, that has never given their heart to you. They've never asked you to come into their lives. They've never been born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Maybe they just, uh, somewhere along the line, they just kind of thought if, if we just started going to church and changed my life, uh, that that's how 
this whole thing works. God, that can, I, I know that can be so frustrating. That can wear you out. And it'll never, it'll never accomplish what the work of the Holy Spirit of God accomplishes when he comes into us and creates us with a new heart and saves us. Lord, I don't, I don't know what reason, but if there's anyone here this morning that's never trusted you, I pray that right now they would desire that more than anything else. That they would want you in their life. If that's you this morning, right where you sit, before we come to the communion table even, verse it says they shall seek me and find me when they seek me with all their heart maybe this morning that thirsting in your life has gotten to the point that it's got to be satisfied it's got to be quenched and the only thing that can satisfy the only one that can satisfy is our savior jesus christ would you say to him jesus come and quench this thirsting i've got in my life for you save me forgive me make me yours come into my life thank you Jesus thank you for loving us now Lord as we come and share your table remembering who you are you are life remembering your blood that forgives that cleanses our sins Help us to walk out and live out that which you've called us to of salt and light. In Christ I pray.